It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Big, huge news today at Blue White Illustrated. We are welcoming Sean Fitz, the one and only Sean Fitz, to the podcast. We're going to talk some Penn State football. We're going to talk practice this week. And, of course, we're going to talk about Ohio. All of that coming up in a minute on the Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition. Fitz! Buddy. Fitz. Oh, my goodness. I appreciate that intro. I'm not sure it's it's completely necessary. Um, but, uh, no, I, pre- I appreciate it. It's good to, good to see you. Uh, my good friend of many, many years, finally together on a podcast. We've talked about this for a long time, um, and it's it's been something I'm really looking forward to. I've always wanted to see your ship lap. Those are, I can confirm, your kids in the background there. It's not just a random, uh, yeah. But anyway. Beautiful. Um, but I'm happy to do this. Uh, Nate is incredible at what he does. I don't know that he's ever gotten the recognition that he deserves. I don't know that he's ever gotten anything that, you know, that, that anybody, you know, could say that he's among the best that to do it. I will say this, if you get what? a chance and this is, this is all flattery to you. I don't want any of this back. If you get a chance, go back to August, read his stuff through camp. Nobody more accurate. Uh, if you were watching Thursday, he was beaming because everything that he said in, in August came to fruition. He did an amazing job. Our, our, the whole staff here at Blue White Illustrated does an amazing job. And I'm ecstatic to be here. Sorry I, I missed on Tuesday. I had some other stuff that I had to take care of. I'll be back with a recruiting show with Ryan on Tuesdays that I'm looking forward to as well. But for now, the big show, uh, Thursday, Nate, I'm, 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 I'm psyched. Sean, it's, it's uh, one, I mean... Now I'm blushing. Uh, that, that does not take much. I, yeah, I can't come back from that. But two, uh, you know, hopefully in the future we'll be able to move this to Chick-fil-A, uh, as we've always dreamed of, of doing. But uh, for the time being, let's chat some Penn State football. We uh, Obviously, Penn State coming off of a win against Purdue at Purdue last Thursday night to open the season. Uh, you know, James Franklin back on Tuesday, did a press conference. Wednesday, we were at practice. Just uh, wanted to run through some of your thoughts about, uh, you know, kind of what we saw this week or what we've seen so far this week. We'll start with the newsworthy stuff. And we were at practice last night. There were some questions we had going in. You you think back to the last drive of the game on defense last week and Jalen Reed went down with what looked like could be could be anything. He grabbed the back of his uh, of his right leg, I believe it was. Um, but he was back at practice last night, which is a, a big deal because yeah. that safety position, as good as we think it can be, it, it's going to be that with four guys. It's going to be uh, those guys running through Keaton Ellis and, and Jair Brown, of course, starting uh, Zaki Wheatley, who was a, a guy that, uh, you know, the, in reaching out to program sources this week, thought he played probably better than I think his PFF grade was pretty low. But uh, but but of course, Jalen Reed gives you so many options back there. So to see him out there. Running around didn't look uh, like anything was uh, was really bothering him. Of course, I'm sure he's being monitored, but it's uh, it's an encouraging encouraging sign to see Jalen Reed back out there once again. Uh, Kazai Izzard and Smith Vilbert, the two defensive linemen that did not make the trip to Purdue, 
kind of cast off to the side a little bit. James Franklin was asked about that on Wednesday night afterward. He provided uh, no context to it whatsoever. We've talked a little bit about it on the Lions Den message board, um, what's going on there. And, and um, But those guys seem like they're out of the picture for now. Um, and then, yeah, go, going back to the the injury situation, of course, Penn State doesn't talk about injuries, but notice, noticeable absence last night with Theo Johnson yeah. not on the practice field. So I think you can see a tight end rotation or can expect to see a tight end rotation similar to what we saw last week. And if Penn State, if this goes the way Penn State hopes it goes, maybe a little bit more Khalil Dinkins in there as well at tight end. But yeah. that's newsworthy stuff from practice this week. It's always good to get that out there. I see these guys on, on the field. They were inside last night because some storms moved through. But uh, pretty pretty cut and dry typical practice for Penn State. Yeah, and I think I think it, it actually kind of plays well into what might be, or at least in my mind, and I could be way off here, but seems to be the theme of this week, at relating back to last year and how many missed opportunities Penn State had in terms of developing its depth, right? And so you look at some of those absences or potential absences that you just talked about, Jalen Reed, Keziah Izzard, Smith Vilbert, maybe Theo Johnson, all of those are at positions where there are other players, right? Depth players who I think we're all kind of anxious to see, right? Like to, to, to get a taste um, to, uh, for them of college football, right? Um, and so I think that for all of the, the chances that Penn State missed last year to, to get things right in terms of developing its depth, James Franklin's been talking about it all offseason. Right. I mean, he talked about it even last year, just uh, talking about the schedule and how the schedule didn't allow for it in some circumstances. And then on top of the schedule itself, how when they did have opportunities against some, uh, you know, quote unquote, lesser than type teams, they didn't they didn't take advantage of those. Right. They, they found themselves in tighter games than they would have liked in the third and fourth quarter. So um, no, it's all it's all going to be very, very interesting. Uh, for Penn State this week to be able to get over the top and take advantage of of some of those opportunities on top of the fact that, as you just said, some of those guys might be missing from action. And, uh, how about Tuesday? Oh, well, sorry. Okay. I mean, going back to your point, it's the simplest common denominator that keeps going back. You need to put up points and you need to put up points early. Can't have this slow start, uh, this thing. I mean, you look at uh, them struggling against even even Villanova last year. Um, you've got to work those things out, and you've got to get your reps. But you want to finish, and you want to get your you get your other guys in there. You're talking about getting guys. Um, you know, if Jalen Reed, if you're if you're watching him come along, and maybe monitoring monitoring him. Sorry, I'm a little rusty. Um, KJ Winston's <laughs> a guy you look to. I mentioned Khalil Dinkins. Some of those young defensive linemen can get in there, especially defensive end. I thought I mean Vanover going back to the Purdue game gave you something there. So that was good to see denied in a sudden. Um, so y- you want to see as many bodies as possible, but you're only going to get there if you put the points up in the first half. And that's been, that's just been something that they've struggled with and, and stalled on several times in the last couple of years. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's just one of those things that they've got to, you know, step on the gas and, and, and really not take it lightly. And, and I'm not saying they, they don't take it lightly, but you've seen games where Penn state will come out and try to get their rotations in on the first and second drive of the game because they think the game plan or the, uh, the blueprint is they're going to you know, win by a lot. Hopefully yep. this weekend from Penn state's perspective, they're, they're able to do that and they're able to, to, to do it effectively. You mentioned James on Tuesday, situational football, a big deal. I know that's your number one takeaway from James press conference on Tuesday. This was yep. really uh, uh, one of those things where you look at him, his coaching record, the criticism on him. 
uh, did yeah. a pretty good job against Purdue. I, I'm, I'm still, still think that we're underselling that that win against Purdue. I think it's going to be a solid, probably nine win team um, on the road. You, you're trying to break things in. Um, it's not as impressive as you would hope to have been, but still your three and a half point favorite. You won by four seems to line up. So um, yeah. situational football, the middle eight, uh, the two minute drill, all that kind of stuff is is really where they 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 shown on on Thursday night, and it was really impressive to see that all come together so quickly. Yeah, I I, I just thought that it wasn't it wasn't a straightforward game, right? I mean, you can look at it from a couple of different perspectives, and obviously, Penn State fans, uh, to a certain extent, I think it's fair to say they were aghast at blowing a lead, right? That that was probably the argument is, oh, you know, Penn State had a good lead. Uh, Sean Clifford goes out. They stall offensively in the third quarter. They don't really do anything. Purdue comes back with a touchdown and then ultimately is able to get that pick six. And it's just like, oh, a game that looked like Penn State was going to win all of a sudden vanished. But lost in translation for all of that is Penn Penn State – ended up doing all of the things that it needed to do to win all of the clutch situation, like all of those big focal points in the game, when it all mat right. Uh, maximizing that last possession in the first half after the turnover, right. <laughs> Beyond maximize, I mean, that that's a, that's one where you either take a knee or you miss a field goal, something like that. I mean, absolutely. Correct. I mean, you think about it, it goes back to Penn State scored 35 points, which we've been waiting for them to score points for a couple of years now. But at the oh, same right. time, they lost the explosive play battle. To, to yep. score 35 points and not have those those big-time plays, um, that's, that's, a, that's a positive uh, sort of um, – I think there's elements to a good team here. I don't think it's a good team yet, but I think you've, you saw some things shining through that really gives you some encouragement moving forward, especially with the schedule. Well, we and uh, T Frank and I talked about it yesterday a little bit. How many of those explosive plays that didn't happen looked as though they might, right? Uh, it, it was. It didn't. It didn't appear to me to be uh, a situation where, again, uh, you know, your running backs are getting gang tackled and your, your receivers don't have any opportunities uh, to to break one big. They did. They did, and they might not have cashed in on all of those this time some drops that would have been huge uh, obviously the pff counted five drops among the receivers and the tight ends yeah i mean it just it just felt like to me uh and, and sean clifford talked about it a little bit last night there were lots of chances that you know maybe they didn't happen but he accredited that to some first game jitters some of some of the noise he called it, all of the stuff that goes on in that first game on the road in a tough environment. Um, you know, I, I, I think it just blends right into what we're talking about this week with Ohio of, hey, those things that might have happened or that seemed like they were close to happening last week probably will happen this week. <laughs> Yeah, and, <laughs> they, you know they're going to catch in a little bit more this week than they did last. Yeah, and we'll downplay it because it's Ohio because that's that's what we do. It, I mean, it, it was interesting to see the reaction. It, it's like we've never seen a week one before. I mean, you, you, Sean Clifford even <laughs> said it on Wednesday night, talking about you. You think back to the first half of the Wisconsin game last year. I mean, yep. putrid, just absolutely yep. terrible. So at least you got your offense going. At least you got some things going. I know it's a different front seven. It's a different defense, Wisconsin and Purdue. 
But I mean, that there's some encouragement to be taken from that. I mean, you, you can't throw everything, everything at them and, and, and hope something sticks that early. So, and I, yeah. I'm just curious, you mentioned about those, those big plays that were just close to happening and probably can happen against a Mac team versus the big 10 athlete. I mean, that's kind of how things have, have played out historically, not always, yeah. but you know, we're going to talk about Ohio in a little bit, but I'd like to know the collective, um, reaction on nick singleton's first carry when he breaks through the line i mean that there's some people out of their recliners quit i know i was i was like oh oh here because I, I had joked around with people this summer uh when does nick singleton get going i was like well he'll he'll take a you know a 70 yard run 80 yard run against uh purdue in the first game and that could have been a 90 yard <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. It, it's encouraging to see that i hopefully uh for for penn state's sake we see that and i think that that's really what we get into as we preview uh, Ohio and you, you don't take any team lightly. It's very hard to win a football game. I think that's something that uh, given with the, uh, the watching dominant teams do dominant things, it's lost on some college football fans. I know video games play into it, things like that. Um, but you, you don't think about um, the depth situation. And this is something that you harped on, on uh, Wednesday night after talking with James Franklin, uh, how do you talk about getting guys into the game without getting that lead? It's, it's very tough to do, but we're going to yep. do it anyway. Um, you know, I think yep. everybody is looking at these, uh, these guys like, like Drew Aller. Um, we got a glimpse of him last week, saw some really, really good things from him. Saw that, you know, he's not a finished product by any means. Um, but I think we're going to see a little bit more of him this week. And I'm, I'm really excited to see him throw the football, really excited to see him at home, be a little bit more comfortable, do some things. Um, I, I just, I think the world of this kid is a prospect as again, again, not a finished product by any means necessary or by any means at all. Um, but just an exciting and, and how often can you say that we, we talk so much, so much about Sean Clifford fatigue and it's a real thing. And, and you judge that, or you see that by the way that you judged his game last week, which was not a bad game, horrible, horrible mistake with that pick six, but that's what you get with the, the Sean Clifford experience. Um, but, uh, man, I, I think people are ready for a fresh set of eyes on a fresh set of quarterbacks and a good quarterback room. Sean Clifford spoke to that on Wednesday night and I'm just yeah. excited to see what the kid can do because, uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, the last time we saw him was in the all American game, um, you know, outside of the, the blue white game in a, in a live, in a real life situation, not that that's a real life situation, but you know, he struggled at times. He came in and threw some dimes the other night and, uh, it was really encouraging to see. So. Hopefully you can get a couple series under his belt, make him feel comfortable and, and really see what you have there moving forward. Uh, assuming that Penn State wins on Saturday and the way that Thursday worked out, we weren't planning on talking about this, but I think that we should. This is, I think, as perfect of a situation as Penn State could have asked for for, for Drew Aller, right? To, to start the season, to engage him to have him playing to get reps, meaningful reps, obviously on Thursday, but coming up this weekend, if if it appears to be the depth rotation that it was in the first week, uh, where Aller is, is number two and Veyer is still number three, uh, you know, it's it's great for him. It, it, it gets him involved. It makes him feel uh, as though he's making progress. It gets him critical reps towards the future. I, I just think that, um, you, you know, certainly you, you don't want any uh, absences or, um, you know, anything to, to happen to the rest of the room. But if, if you do have a chance to engage this kid at this early stage in his career, I, I just think it works out uh, very, very well for Penn State. 
Um, after the, the quarterbacks, uh, I think both of us have a, a little bit of a list of, of guys who – and let, let's frame this correctly. The starters are going to start. The starters are going to play. They're going to be tasked with building a lead, with, with, with obviously winning the game, but building a lead and creating the type of cushion that allows for you to bring in uh, backups and younger depth players. Who are you looking forward to seeing on Saturday that, you know, isn't at the top of the depth chart, but is probably pushing there in the, the second and third teams? I'm really, really hoping to see more than one play of Abdul Carter. Uh, this is again, <laughs> you and I talked about on Wednesday night. Uh, just uh, everything there from a physical aspect. I'm curious to see how he, you know, Ohio does a lot of play action. Ohio does a lot of, uh, you know, the handoff, uh, the, the zone read stuff. I'm curious to see how he handles it. I, you know, really think that he's going to get an opportunity to take expanded reps. And, and that's not just wait until Penn State gets the lead. I think we'll see him out there. We saw him out there against Purdue and in, in, in a tight game. So uh, Abdul Carter tops my list. I think he topped your list as well. And I think I stole that one. So apologies. Uh, we're still working on the uh, the chemistry Thief. here, I know. Um, but uh, Abdul Carter, man, uh, just uh, excited to see what he can bring to the table. Because if you talk to anybody in the program, they, you know, sort of give a whistle and say this, this kid's special. And I'm, I'm excited to, to see that come to fruition for more than one play. Yep. No doubt. Um, running backs, Katron Allen and Nick Singleton. And very clearly we saw them early and often in that Purdue game, but because they kind of got away from the run in the second half of that game. And so more opportunities, it was the thing to right? do. <laughs> yeah. It's following trends. Uh, no. So, so I think that, that, more of Nick Singleton, more of Katron Allen. I, you know, uh, does Kevon Lee need to do a whole lot in this game if Penn State has a lead? Probably not. Uh, and so I think that that there might be an opportunity for those guys. Uh, you know, certainly James Franklin said on Wednesday night that it's going to remain a one-to-one-to-one situation. But I, I don't know if I necessarily believe that if there is an opportunity for, for Penn State to build a little bit of a lead. On the offensive line, I'm, I'm, I want to see Drew Shelton. Uh, you know, there, there are questions abound. I think that you've mentioned them before this week. Tackle, who, who knows, right? Uh, it could be a little bit of a situation for this offensive line. We knew that coming into the season. But if Drew Shelton is able to do what he did through the summer, where he impressed throughout, pushed during preseason camp, you know, this, this could be an opportunity to, to, for Penn State fans and certainly for us as the media to be able to, to get to see him in action and see whether or not he is a viable stand-in. If something happens to Olu Fashanu, is, is, is Drew Shelton the guy? Or do they have to shuffle things around? Um, you know, so that's, that's something I want to see. I know you talked on the, the, uh, the other side of the line, defensive, uh, defensively. There are a couple of guys that you're looking forward to, too. Yeah, and and I'll go back to what you said there for a second. We're not looking for Drew Shelton to unseat anybody. We're looking to <laughs> see if he can no. play. I mean, Sean was talking last night about the quarterback room, and he's like, "I." It wasn't a dig at Taquan Roberson, but it was very clear that they were not prepared last year at Iowa. I think everybody knows that. I'm not breaking any news here, but to hear to hear Sean Clifford admit that to everyone, um, you know, you're looking at trying to build that quarterback room from the from from top to bottom really i mean you were looking last year at one guy's up here the rest is down here now you've got a little bit more of a grade there um so that's nice to see um the running backs give me a give me a big run give me one where you're sitting in the south end zone you see that hole open and you see number 10 yep. or whoever just take yep. off 
Um, that's been sorely missing for a long time in this running game. Um, going back to what you said, deny Dennis Sutton and Zane Durant are going to have a chance to be active. They're going to have a chance to get reps, um, especially against a smaller, de- uh, smaller offensive line, um, an Ohio team that, that that is a Mac offensive. I think it's a decent o- offensive line in the Mac, um, but you should be a, able to impose your will. You should be able to be physically better. I know these guys are freshmen, but they they bring something uh, special to the table there. So deny Dennis Sutton, Zane Durant, two guys that uh, not not a surprise that I'm watching them closely because I the man crush is strong with both of those, but uh, very, very encouraged or very, very uh, anxious to see how those guys go. Like I said, I'm rusty. I apologize for that. And then finally, uh, Jake Pinnegar, the kicker. Uh, you asked why I had him on this list. We didn't see him last week outside of yep. uh, outside of extra points. Hopefully we see him on a lot of extra points. We don't see him for a lot of field goals, but that's something that they're going to need to work on in a game situation at some point. Um, you know, up and down throughout his career, up and down in practice before the season when we saw him. Um, but, uh, you know, he's he's won that job and and they seem to to trust him. And, and you know, you'd rather ha- him take the kicks now against Ohio than go to Auburn or have to do it against Ohio State um, to, to, to try to get loose. Totally. How, how, I didn't mention this, but how about that Barney and Moore? Really passed the test. I, you were on the, the Baquetta train, and uh, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Anyway, no, it's fantastic. You know, I love specialists. Uh, I'm a big, big long snapper guy myself. But uh, oh, Barney Moore, I mean, win the job against a scholarship guy. Come out and do that. Uh, I talked to Jordan Stout this week, who was just over the moon um, for him. And yeah, you've got uh, you've got some some more success in that transfer portal to flaunt to uh, to prospective targets. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yep. All right, so we're going we're gonna to look ahead to Ohio in a minute. But before we get to that, we're going to tell people how they can get to and into that game. Uh, have you been looking for a reliable source of Penn State football tickets? Jim at TixmanJim.com, formerly at PSUTixman.com, has been running his ticket exchange in Wilmington, Delaware, for over 25 years. Every buyer is handled with courtesy, respect, and every ticket purchase is guaranteed. Proceeds are used to fund uh, the PSUAA Chapter Scholarship Fund and the PSU Levi Lamb Fund for Athletic Scholarships. Get your home opener, Ohio U, and Ohio State Stripeout, Minnesota Homecoming Whiteout tickets now. Go to www.ticksmangym.com or email Jim directly at TixmanJim at gmail.com or call 302-521-8380. You can see it on your screen, the, the web address right there. 
take advantage, uh, great guy to work with, and is able to hook you up with all of your, your Penn State football ticket needs. Uh, now that we know how Penn State fans can get to the game, let's talk about what they're going to see, right? Uh, you, you were able to check out some Ohio film. And when I say film, I mean, is it film? It, it was <laughs> It was the game against FAU. Uh, it okay. was the, the ESPN <laughs> copy. I did not watch the All-22 on Ohio. Um, I know T. Franksel, you know, is trying to get a hold of that uh, with all his. He wants it. He wants it so bad. Uh, But a 41-38 win against FAU last weekend. They trailed at the half. They gave up 21 fourth quarter points. Still managed to pull it out. Head coach Tim Albin, uh, three and nine last year in his first season. A bit of an anomaly. Frank Solich did such a good job with that program for a long time. They went to 10 bowl games from 2009 to to 2019. Uh, A veteran team, experienced team, nine super seniors. He highlighted 22 seniors. Um, So they've they've got some experience. I mean, it's a a pretty typical MAC team, Um, but that's Kind of what you what you get in these out of conference uh, out of conference games. They start two Pennsylvania kids. Bryce Raymer uh, plays guard from Beaver, and Parker Titsworth from North Allegheny. So a couple of Pittsburgh kids starting on the offensive line for Ohio. Uh, start with the defense. They've got a new defensive coordinator, uh, Spence Nowinski from Miami, Ohio. Plays a four two five. A lot of hybrid stuff in there. So kind of looks like a four three, depending what kind of personnel they've got. Um, I've got a ton of experience there with the front seven, uh, all seniors on the defensive line. And and that two deep is, is pretty well loaded with seniors. Um, it's a group that can be moved off the ball. So it's an opportunity for Penn State to try and run the ball. Um, you know, he was, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Alban was focused this week on cleaning up tackling. It was the first week. I mean, everybody struggles to tackle in the first week, let's be honest. Yep. Um, but they, they really struggled tackling at times. They had some communication issues with tempo. Um, but uh, the defense kind of settled in um, and then let it get away at the end with those 21 uh, fourth quarter points. Uh, free safety hybrid Ben Johnson was their leading tackler. Um, they play two safeties back on top to try and take some things away. And then, and then they tighten up in the red zone. So um, you, you're coaching a little bit because you are the, the lesser of the two athletic teams. Um, but uh, this, this is a defense that I think Penn State can be able to move around and can be able to score upon um, at times. Yeah, dude, I mean, quarterback from FAU threw five touchdowns. So if Sean Clifford, Drew Allar aren't licking their chops today, and look, like Penn State's receivers too, right? Uh, especially after that performance on on Thursday where they made some big plays, right? Keandre Lambert-Smith, uh, it, it's just, it's going to continue to be a point of conversation until some of these guys demonstrate and prove consistency, uh, right? We've been talking about it all offseason, but... That's that's just the next step that they need to take. And it seems like Ohio represents a, a solid opportunity for Penn State to be able to to get some firm footing there. Right. Uh, how about the offensive side of the ball? This uh, this quarterback looks real. Yes. Uh, yeah, he is a real person. Uh, Curtis Rourke, <laughs> the Maple Missile, um, as they called him last week. Mackey East Player of the Week, 27 of 34 for 345 yards and four touchdowns. Also a rushing touchdown. He was sacked three times, but I tell you what, he's slippery. He's slippery and he keeps his eyes up. So that'll be something to watch this week. I think Penn State can get to him, um, but at the same time, you've got to wrap him up. You've got to keep somebody in front of him. Um, they'll, they'll throw it a lot. Um, they're, I think they're going to have to with the matchup that they have, and if they get behind, of course, that's going to come, but they will also try to run it more. Um, that's the difference from from Purdue last week. Um, you've got uh, C.A. Bang, Bangura, 
Um, DeMatha Kid, who was in that backfield with Marshawn Lloyd at DeMatha, 23 carries for 114 yards last week. They'll do a lot of that zone read stuff. They'll run out of the pistol, which was a hot topic uh, coming out of the, uh, the, the the press conference with James Franklin the other night. But I think they're going to throw it a lot. James Bostic had six catches for 136 yards, including a 54-yarder and a touchdown. Um, and Sam Wigless, a former Ohio State walk-on, had a pair of touchdowns last week. Going to do a lot of the short passing game. Uh, get things out in the flat. Uh, a couple of those touchdowns were scored um, on little uh, dump offs and things like that. So, um, and then of course Tyler Walton is in the slot as well. Um, they've got they've got some speed, but uh, it, it's nothing that Penn State shouldn't be able to handle with its secondary. Um, I think I think they'll get yards. Um, I, I mean, yep. we kind of said that last week against Purdue. They throw enough, you're going to get yards. That's just the nature of the game today. Um, so excited to see that. And the offensive line, nothing scary. Uh, Hagen Messervy, uh, I think that's how I said. It. I think I said that correctly. Um, and right guard's a pretty good player. Um, variety of looks, shotgun, pistol, option. Um, they and they think they got a good freshman kicker. Um, we'll see how much we see that freshman kicker. How does Penn State match up? Um, that, more athletic, better size. I mean, this is a Big Ten, a classic Big Ten. Uh, versus Mac team, uh, I, I wouldn't take too much away from that three and nine record from Ohio last year, um, but uh, I don't think they're world beaters and, and going to win the Mac uh, by any stretch of the imagination. You keep contained in the pass rush, um, you get to the quarterback, you keep a defensive tackle in front of them, you should be okay. Like I said, uh, Rourke is is slippery; he'll get away and and he'll make you pay. He'll uh, not so much with his legs, but he'll find somebody uh, downfield that, that has broken off a route or something like that. So. Very important uh, for these defensive ends. Um, we talked about their, the, how Purdue can negate a defensive end, can negate a Mike linebacker. Important for these defensive ends to get through. And I think Chop Robinson's a guy that you look to as a potential difference maker. Yeah. Are they, I mean, I guess the question is, are they going to have time, right? That that was the thing that was missing last week in terms of Purdue's quick game, passing the ball. Will Chop Robinson have time? Will Adisa Isaac have time? And And beyond that, if you're looking at a guy who threw 34 passes last week, how much of it is just going to come back to taking advantage of, of some of those missed opportunities in terms of interceptions that Penn State didn't get last week that were in their hands, right? Uh, is that going to be something that that you focus on this week for Ohio? Absolutely. I mean, you you always want to make those plays, especially when you have a chance to flip it in the other direction. I know they, they did some nice things with the sudden change at, at the fumble before the half the other night, but uh, you want to, you want to get your guys confident. You want to get your guys playing up. And and I think they have the advantage there is in the defensive backfield. I will say this, uh, the linebackers need to secure tackles um, near the line of scrimmage. And that's both in the run and the pass game. And then you look at the tricky stuff. You're a Mac team coming into Beaver stadium. You're going to do yep. everything that you can to try and get on the board and try and rattle watch out for the throwback because they're going to try it. I mean, they're, they're flat out going to try and catch Penn state over pursuing. They're going to go back to the other side of the field and it, it's quite frankly, it's worked. So um, <laughs> interested to see uh, how Penn state and how Manny Diaz with this aggressive attacking defense accounts for the backside. And if Ohio tries to exploit that. How about on the offensive side of the ball for Penn state? What, what, uh, what does Penn state need to accomplish in this matchup? Then it's a runnable game. Uh, you you get physical. Uh, FAU was knocking that defensive uh, front off the. I know it's an experienced defensive front, but uh, knocking those guys off of the uh, the ball and having a little bit of success. They did. They had a fifty four yarder called back, so it was kind of uh, you know the the numbers a bit were a bit misleading. Penn State's backs obviously a little bit more explosive than the FAU group. Uh, screen game should be there. I, I like the the matchup of the tight ends um, against a linebacker. 
you hit a double move, you hit something like, uh, you know, maybe like the touchdown play to Brenton Strange last week is, is if something goes wrong, ditch the guy and go deep and, and you've got an opportunity. I, I think uh, Ohio is vulnerable to that. They gave up 38 points. I don't think this is a world beating defense by any stretch of the imagination and would not hate to see tempo because uh, especially early in the game, Ohio struggled with communication. Uh, they left a, a wide open wide receiver with nobody within 10 yards of him for a touchdown last week. So um, you, if you want to build it up and go, uh, go early, you, you try and run the ball with tempo, you try and get some things done, maybe slip in a screen here and there. And I think you've got an opportunity to, to, to put up a bunch of yards. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that this is the type of game where the, the matchups, clearly in terms of athleticism favor Penn state and that those provide for the, the opportunity to, to beat a guy, right. The, the, the safety that Singleton couldn't make miss or the linebacker that, that Singleton couldn't make miss last week probably misses this week. Right. Or you, or you have a better opportunity to make that guy miss the, the, the one-on-one coverage downfield, right? Like all of those opportunities that are more difficult against power five competition, uh, you know, should present themselves, I think, for Penn State this week. What do you got, Fitz? Who are you going with? I'm, I'm going to go with Penn State, if you can believe what? it. Uh, I went 38-17. I'm, I'm still in the mix of show me some points before I give you these points. And uh, 38. Totally. You know, they, <laughs> FAU scored 38 last week, so you hope Penn State can eclipse that total. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's a it's it's a show me type thing on offense, and you know, I think Penn State can get to that mark and 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 do it comfortably. But until then, I just I don't want to throw too many points at the wall and and just hope it sticks because this is an offense that needs to get going, needs to get something on the ground, get some. I know it's a, a Mac opponent, but you do get confidence by running the ball against an Ohio and and trying to um, run up that total. We haven't seen a hundred yard rusher forever. It'd be nice yep. to see that. So. Um, I have 38 to 17. Um, I think Ohio can score some points. Um, Penn State's defense will play a lot of guys. So does that result in some communication errors, things like that? Sure. Yeah, we actually have the same same score for Ohio. 17 points for Ohio this week for some reason. It's popular. Well, 21 feels a little bit too much, right? You don't see them moving down the field three times. But uh, yeah, 17 seems reasonable. And then I I do have 42. I kind of thought that, for as, uh, you know, I don't know if disjointed is the word, right? It wasn't a sterling offensive performance yeah. against Purdue, but they still put up 35 points, which which to me and how I'm kind of evaluating, engaging things moving forward for Penn State, I, I think should be seen as a, a, a sign of optimism to be to just just to get it up there. I mean, they just... They just were so you just were so inefficient last year. You just feel so much better about just week one to week one last year, this year. I mean, I know yep. Wisconsin is a is a better win, you know, because it's Wisconsin. But you, you take more encouragement from the offense this year. And I know, like I said, the Clifford fatigue is a real thing, but he's a guy that that drove you down at the end of the game last week and 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 made it happen. So um hopefully they can, you know, string together. The, that's that's the thing watching the reactions to this is I think so many people expect a touchdown every drive, you know, yeah. like I go back to that video game mentality where you're able to, to pour it on and, um, and, and make things happen from that matter or from that manner. But it's just, uh, it, you, you hope to see a step in that, in that direction, never going to happen. Not, uh, not realistic to think it should happen. Um, but, uh, I think you, you move in that direction against an opponent that uh, you should be 
more athletic and, and you should overwhelm them. Yeah. I agreed. They need to take advantage of this week. It, right with Auburn on deck yeah. and and forget Auburn. Like don't, don't worry about Auburn right now, but just, just maximize these games. You, you get, you get this game, you get central Michigan. Those are the two uh, sub I'm, I've been doing it from ESPN's FPI, but they're the sub 80 teams that are on the schedule, right? Beat them up. <laughs> like get, get, get those types of wins for yourself. If, if you want to get to the goals that you have for yourselves at the end of the season. So yep. I think that's it. I think that's it, Fitz. We've got number one in the books. We're going to do this a thousand more times, and I can't wait for everyone. So thank you so much for joining me and for doing this this week. And uh, we'll be back, what, Saturday? Get some get some post game and go from there. Yeah, yeah. Join us on the site um, at, uh, at Blue White Illustrated on the Lion's Den. A uh, lot, lot of stuff going on. A lot of recruiting visitors this weekend. A better list than anticipated. I know Ryan covered that on Tuesday. Uh, so looking forward to that. Check out our coverage and uh, and check out the, the way that we do things. I think I'm, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited to finally see. I, I've heard a lot of reviews of, of your podcasting style, so I'm excited to finally see it uh, and, and go one-on-one with you here. They hate me. They hate me, Sean. It's okay though. I'm gonna they're gonna like me eventually. We're gonna work on that. We're gonna work on that. Anyway, thanks so much, and uh we'll we'll see you guys uh very, very soon. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.